0: Hello Otters, it's Friday night and we are back once more to bring you all the latest in tabletop news from the dark ages through to the grim dark of the far future and all points in between. Also, as we approach 100,000 subscribers, one lucky person from our YouTube subs list will pick up a copy of Kilty Team Octarius from store.ontabletop.com. To be able to chance to win, you need to be a subscriber, so why not? get down there and hit that sub button and don't forget to ding the dong. If you're interested in Kill Team Octarius as well, John has done a painting tutorial for the Death Core of Krieg, so you can check that out this week over on our YouTube channel or on on onTabletop.com. But right now, sit back and relax because your weekend starts here. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Free.
1: She escaped for a while.
2: <laughs> I ran away. You thought I was gone. You thought I got rid of it.
0: Well, you know, I told people we'd bump you off because they kept demanding you'd be put in the titles. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: I told you guys, I'm in there somewhere. It just pops up like subliminal messaging yeah. throughout every single episode. It's just my face going like this. Yeah, you, Every you just, so often <laughs>
1: throughout the weekend, done,
0: <laughs> just have to keep a wee eye out for. Yeah. She's in there somewhere. <laughs> uh, but we're back to give another week's worth of news, our perusal and uh, commentary, whether mm. you want it or not. And presumably, <laughs> you do because you're here watching us, mm. so, and we do value you very much. So, yeah. well, let's not be too hasty. <laughs> you know, in the grand scheme of things. But before we kick into the show this week, uh, there's a couple of things that people mm-hmm. may be aware of or unaware of, so we thought we'd draw your attention to them uh, first up is six more vodka. so uh, I' have an interview with Marco and Erwin um, from Six more Vodka about the company and uh, the way they've structured it and decided to to go forward with releasing um, content for the the Genesis RPG. so we talked about it as an in Indie of the week a couple of months ago, uh, but it's absolutely insanely good uh so it's very interesting as to how they've decided to to push forward and sort of ignore the lure of kickstarter i suppose uh, and instead do something that's more in-house and, uh, and a little bit more controllable for them to try and build up their community so it's well worth a watch and in two weeks time uh, i'll be sitting down with um liam one of their editors and uh, having a chat about the world and about the, the books and the content that they've produced so far. So if you're interested in a primal punk RPG, it's worth having a look at that interview and keeping your eye out uh, for the one coming up in a fortnight as well. Mm. Yeah, very much so apart from that, we're going to kick straight into the India of the week.
1: Mm.
0: And this week I've chosen more a collection. I collaboration a conflagration, I don't know how you want to put it, <laughs> uh, which is Mezzers uh, So Mezzers is a company in the UK that actually pulls together uh, various bits and pieces from various companies. Um, but there are two in here that are sort of somewhat unique to Mezzers, which is what I want to focus on today. Uh, so when you come to Mezzers, you can see things like Warbases, V&V, uh, we've looked at them in the past, but I want to take a look today at Avon Post. Uh, so this is a single guy, I think. Uh, Oleg sculpts all of his own stuff uh, in Russia, and he has a few different um, suppliers around Europe, and I think even in America, but this is the the one for the UK, um, so you can get your hands on them directly without having to go through import duties and the like Nice, uh, which is always good now I'd originally heard about them because of what they did for the French and Russians but I noticed there's none of the Russians on this site so hopefully they'll be there soon uh, British is exciting and new and mostly just guns but we'll just isn't that the case with all British that, uh, that's yeah. the British
2: really isn't
0: it <laughs> yeah. uh, it was all about the line infantry so, you know, send in the Irish and uh, kick an extreme amount of ours. That's, that's, <laughs> that, that's how that war was. Man. <laughs> uh, but if we take a look at um, some of the bits and pieces they have for the French, these are 28 mil. They're mm-hmm. a bit on the, I'm going to say the smaller side, they're not. They're closer to 28 mil than 32, which means they're perfectly scaled for the likes of Perry's Warlord uh, Foundry, that sort okay. of thing. Yeah. Um, that's
1: right but- very-
0: you may well, vitrix infantry are probably spot on horse rise they may be a bit big if you try and mix a match with the cavalry um, but the sculpts themselves are absolutely superb Yeah, that is, that is lovely yeah he sculpts mostly uh stuff to be cast in resin uh although sometimes you'll find ranges are available in resin and metal um but depending what it is you may or may not get them in both. Uh, you may be limited, I say sculpts, casts in resin, I suppose makes more sense. <laughs> but you have these beautiful-looking lancers.
1: Yes. No Polish, no big square shackle hats, but plenty of uh, lovely dragoons. Mm. Mm. Very cool. Lo-
0: yeah. I absolutely love the uh, the look of the French lancers. It's. I suppose it's the green jacket on them. Maybe I've spent too much time watching Sharp. I'm just used to green jacket. <laughs> I you can never be. spend too much time watching Sharp.
2: There's such I a think.
0: thing. Yeah. You'd be surprised.
2: I really like how all of the horses are in different poses. It's so easy for historical minutes is to put generic horse number five out on everything. Yeah. It's nice to have actually the, the different miniatures depending on what units being used.
3: Yeah. It just it just adds more character to the unit as
0: well, doesn't it? Like when the, the horses are as individual as the riders in yes. some cases. One of the things I'd like uh about this range in general, but also the way he sells them is they're sold individually. Okay. And, right. and that's so unusual these days because most people will go, ah, oh, you're you're buying a pack, you're buying a four cavalry or three cavalry pack from us. Um, and it means if you've, if you're just after a single miniature to fill a unit or to represent a character or whatever it happens to be, and you're having to buy five or six additional models just to get the one you want, it's a pain in the backside. <laughs> so I really like the fact that you can just go in and grab a, a single miniature to complete a unit. Or if you're playing something like, um, silver bayonets coming, <sighs> So the Napoleonic horror game from Joe McCullough. Uh, it's with us, I think, in two months' time. Something uh, like yeah, that. I think so, yeah. Where maybe you don't currently play Napoleonic, so you don't need 56 individual French line <laughs> infantry. You can come in here and you can go, I really want to get my hands on just some of these. Mm-hmm. So maybe you don't need a command.
2: Fill some gaps.
0: Yeah. Uh, because you're just spin faster machine there we go <laughs> uh, you're just after character models or a few scattered infantry to fight against the werewolves or fight with them or whatever it happens to be
1: right, I do. Um,
0: you can easily pick them up this way without having to go the whole hog and buy yourself an army for four different models mm-hmm. but I do absolutely love these with the shako, particularly like that sapper
1: Ah. <sighs>
0: Should have more sappers, please? I, don't know I mean, is. the
2: transition from oh, his hat his to his beard is
4: flawless. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. Where's the Where's the big axe for think, down the door? I think it's yeah. on his
0: back. Ah, there we go.
2: There it is.
0: I think it's on his back. You know, stunning. Every, everybody loves an aproned sapper for the French. <laughs> They're always good. Always good.
4: I like how they've been, I like how they've been designed for the kind of like. And I guess this maybe is the, but like the pomp and ceremony element that you get of like Napoleonics, kind of like they're all regimented up ready to start marching, which I think Mm -hmm. is cool. Yes. Uh, and if you're one of those people that is like diehard into it, you could almost use these to create. These are my marching troops for when they're walking towards the enemy, and then I swap them out for an entirely new regiment when they're starting shooting things, <laughs> which <laughs> I have seen
0: people do. So <laughs> that, that's an excessive amount of yeah. uh, of detail. Oh, I feel that's
1: gorgeous,
2: <laughs> but you could certainly have these for a diorama as well, without um, a doubt.
0: Very much so. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. There's absolutely no problem with doing that. Just close I think what's down. nice about a lot
4: of the stuff that we've seen here as well is that obviously we talked about the detail in terms of like uniforms and things, but I think it's nice to see that the facial details are like Yay. front and centre on them as well. So they kind yeah. of, you get the feel of them as individual soldiers. I think it's yeah. really cool. So, yeah,
3: they they don't fall into that, um that typical 28 mil face, which is like over exaggerated lips, chin and ears and nose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If it, the, the face feels a little more subtle, a little more correct, you know, apart from yeah. his nose. So, he <laughs>
1: <Yeah.
2: laughs> had to be a side profile. It? Yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, it's bigger than some of my uncle's noses, to be fair. <laughs> I love these. These are um, obviously all shako wearing, of so sort of 1809 uh, onwards. Mm-hmm. But there are some earlier French. So if we go on down, you can start to see the bicorns. So the early Revolutionary Wars and and sort of um, Mm -hmm. um, initial kickoffs. Nice. Um, So these these work up to about 1807. And again, similar sort of uh, range from marching, fire, order, skirmishing, Mm -hmm. uh, to just even being, you know, standing at attention. So you could make, you know, you could could have an officer sort of reviewing the line if you want, Mm -hmm. walking down the middle if you want to do that. That (laughs) would be pretty cool. You know. And they are absolutely stunning sculpts throughout. So there is a fairly extensive collection of the French stuff, then. Yeah.
2: Yeah, by the looks yeah.
0: of it. Yeah, like I say, the uh, the French is is the most complete. I think mm. there's something similar for the Russians. Um, British, not so much. You've just got gun and crew at the moment. Right. Although I will. Uh, we'll get back to the British in a second. We'll Just show off some of the French. Oh. So. Oh
1: you know, my God
0: if you've got your artillery and because wow. a, lot of, a lot of companies will sell guns and <sighs> artillery crew separately so you can buy a gun from one company and then you just get the crew to match it yeah um, yeah uh, which is always nice but one of the They've
2: things, got uh, quite the range haven't they
0: yeah there's plenty of of guns and limbers in here mm. and for people paying attention at home they also for most
1: of the guns <laughs> oh,
0: the guns will come complete with a cast barrel Mm -hmm. Uh, but if you don't want the cast barrel look because you're going to have clean up to do you can see the uh sprue gear at the front there actually because it's resin that one's fairly crisp Mm. but you can replace them with the bronze equivalent oh
2: amazing
0: you know why waste your time painting a bronze cannon when you and can just have a <laughs> bronze one and weather it back down again. Oh, yeah. Uh, or just leave it outside for a few days. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Spin it around the place. Uh, there are also conversion parts. so Ooh,
2: more customization as well. More customization.
1: Oh, so you get
0: your nice. hands on some old guard heads um, mm-hmm. just in resin at the moment. Mm. But if you want to change things up with who you're, you're running around with. And one, thing, one thing I've always wondered about
4: mm-hmm. Napoleonic warfare, right? Mm-hmm. Is and this is nothing really to do about the actual fighting, but <laughs> but so obviously they all dressed up in these fancy uniforms and yes. and you know they looked resplendent on the battlefield. I wonder how long it took them to be like sod this and just ripped their hat off. Uh
2: Fair far coming
4: down. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> especially for like the gun crews and stuff, where obviously we're working overtime, loading, firing, loading. Surely that guy at some point was like, I am not carrying all this around with me. And would just rip his jacket off, take his hat off, and just go go in with his normal linen shirt on or something. Like it, they can't have been like this all the
0: time. <laughs> oh, I, I think you'll find they, they could, unless they were retreating. Yeah. Uh, yeah. you know. It, it's all about discipline. Yeah. The, so, the, yeah. the thing was,
3: you, you were trained to do things a certain way, and if you didn't do them a certain way, you were either, well, you were either
0: flogged or you weren't in the army. Mm. I could reckon?
2: die, or I could take my jacket
0: off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I will point out, you can get a brass bronze eagle. Oh, no, your, your
4: wow. Best.
0: Again, the, uh, the standards have some cast eagles on top, but if you, uh, if you want something a little more bespoke, Why not? And then you can Um, spend your time doing Scottish accents. I (laughs) want an eagle sharp, touched by the hand of the Emperor himself. (laughs) Got a brass point. I want you to stick it in so I can feel it. Uh, We'll have a quick look at the the British. So, British are early and late. Uh, So, Peninsula Campaign and then the, the sort of the hundred days as well.
1: But again, as you would expect, quality quality very sculpts nice, nice. our artillery
3: drummer looks amazing yeah well, have a look at him oh yeah he was a it? guy who
4: definitely kept his kit on when he was yeah,
3: like,
0: yeah. Well, you know otherwise see that big pointing stick that the artillery sergeant has yeah i guess he'd hunt used, him down
4: yeah. sometimes <laughs>
0: used for pointing and sometimes used for beating <laughs> yeah, that's very uh, true yeah that's, so that's it, the late war ones
1: so that honestly,
0: is beautiful. Was, was it the French stuff was in metal and then the newer British stuff was in resin? Is the, that the, the, the French stuff, the French stuff here is in um, resin as well. But I think right, okay, I've okay. seen uh, Avonpost selling both right. on their own. Um, so I've, yeah, I've, if you're looking to get them from Russia from Ulag Direct, you need to just do a search for Avonpost and it's a Facebook page essentially. You just have to to message them on that. I have a question about this drummer. Mm-hmm. Go on. Is, is that crest on the drum,
3: is that sculpted, or is that no, someone that went in on, with a 00000, yeah. zero, 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 zero
0: brush? No, that, <laughs> that, That's painted. Wow! Because depending on the artillery, no, regiment, that crest will be different. Yeah, it would be. It? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep.
1: My I've word. Had,
0: I've had to do that for the, uh, the Enniskillens, which at least is a nice castle gate in a blue circle. It's fairly easy to do, <laughs> especially behind strings. It's all just rectangles. Um, See if we can get any right pictures key. of the drum. Well, well done to Stephen or Stephen, Wolf, or, uh, or Stephen Walsh uh, for Stephen Walsh absolutely painting that. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's, there's some parts there. That's a nice kit as well. It looks nice Clean off the uh, yeah uh, all of the, of the casting, so. all of the bits and pieces they've done uh, to date are this sort of uh, quality. So if we go if we leave the Napoleonic's behind, mm-hmm. we can say there's plenty to look at in there anyway. But if we jog on, son, this in France, <laughs> uh, have a look at the have a look at the Thirty Years War. This will give you ah, a good idea. Right, okay. So, the Thirty Years cool. War they currently have in both metal mm-hmm. and resin.
1: Oh, uh, so same sculpts, Um,
0: but two different materials. I know some people hate metal, some people dislike resin. Uh, pick your poison, really. I think is the the phrase on this one, mm. but you'll be able to see here the sort of the difference between them. So. I find somebody quite flash. Let's get a musketeer. Depends how many parts the pieces, it, they come in. If metal comes in many, many parts, I'm not a mm. fan. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to try and find the same musketeer. It's a musketeer carrying, which means it's this one. Ah. So here we have the metal.
1: Right.
0: And then here we have the resin version. Oh, Oh, I quite like them. The resin version. I prefer the, res- the <laughs> resin. The resin will pick out more detail than the metal. It just okay. will. Um, it will be lighter, so easier to transport. Uh, however, also brittle. So that if you true. drop them, you will break them. Whereas if you drop a metal miniature, you may just have to straighten something out again. You'll bust your toe. <laughs> that type of thing. That type of thing. Uh, but I think there is a great example. It's also an example of how pricing has changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, recently in the the internet. So, resins for a long, long time were more expensive because you're cast and bedammed with resin. Whereas, if a metal model doesn't sell, you bung it back into a pot, melt it down, and cast into something that is selling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, metal was always slightly cheaper, but there's been like a 37% cost increase over the past year and a half in metal raw. Uh, and this is the first time I've seen a metal miniature cost more than its resin counterpart <laughs> from the CM. So, like 170 for a resin pikeman. One eighty-five for metal. That's
2: interesting.
0: So does that, that's mean, does that mean
4: Forgewell are going to have to go back to casting things in metal to justify their prices again? Is oh, that,
0: yeah. well, at the moment, are Forgewell not the budget wing of GW these days? <laughs> <laughs> I thought they were. you getting that way, right? <laughs> but again, 28 May, 30-year um, war, uh, although these are sort of early 17th century, so good for English Civil War as well. Right, right, if you want to do your War of Three Kingdoms,
1: that's great.
0: Uh, we'll just go in here and have a look at some. There's some crewmen. We're, we're so happy Oof. with the crewmen. Let's have a look at some more oh. the crewmen. They even got the bronze versions of the cannons for these as well. Oh, yeah. And then there's some writers. The, the quality of those
3: cannons is, is doing me a, a heck of concern. So. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's making
0: it me bad. question a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly sticking with the uh,
1: the That's resins beautiful. to show
0: because the sculpts are going to be the same, but they just come up a bit better on camera. So. See the detail, yeah. There you can see. Could easily be a Cavalier. See, this is the, this is the kind of period of
4: sort of black powder that mm. I quite like because it's those very sort of early days still of black powder where it's, you know, it's stepped out of the medieval, mm-hmm. but it's not quite Napoleonic. And I love this because it's kind of a little bit more sort of like down and dirty. I think it's kind of cool oh. uh, compared to like the resplendent, you know, clean uniforms of the Napoleonic mm. period.
3: We, and uh, we, we have guns, but, you know, if it goes off, it's kind of hit or miss. Yeah, here. Yeah. Mostly ah, mess. He's miss, pointed yeah. a pistol at me.
4: Don't worry, it's blown up in his
1: face. <laughs> <laughs> that.
0: Yeah. The, uh, lobster helm on as well. Yes. Oh, nope, gone too far. <gasps>
1: Very
0: cool. Let's go back. Very cool load some more in just because we've got officers and everybody likes an officer.
2: I mean, I think from everyone you showed me from each section, each pose is different. Not one of these miniatures has looked the same.
0: Mm, Yeah. No, there are, there are some in there. There's
2: similarities, but yeah. yeah. So if,
0: if you're doing a pike block, there are several that have got the pikes, um, charged or at 45 or at 94 rest. Um, so you can see that. I also like the fact he's used green uh gardening wire, which is what most people will be using uh, for spears, so you know right off the bat it holds there.
1: Nice. That's cool. It's yeah. good. That
0: is nice. It is, it's handy for me because I've got a ton of it. <laughs> <laughs> Four pikes and spears. And and
3: because they're resin, you could put that wire in, then heat the hand up a little hey, bit in yep. some hot water and, and, and just close it. And, close the fist a bit more. Mm.
2: Oh that's clever.
0: I don't know John if it would right. work. Oh, no, well, in, in, in it will. Insert smart it, meme. There it it totally, <laughs> totally will. Let's have a look at the <laughs> with this partisan.
1: Look
2: at the little, in, the, the feathers alone. Mm. The mm. little individual. Oh, wow.
4: See, that's because that's the thing that's great for painting at that point, because you do the base layers and then you do a wash over it and that'll sink into all those little nooks and crannies. Mm. And then what you're going to do when it comes to highlighting and, and stuff later on is just go over the top bits and you're fine and you'll be yeah. perfect. For it. It's like a lovely guide for painters, which is great. So You,
3: you would do a, a really light grey, uh, apothecary white contrast, and then a white highlight.
4: Mm.
0: You're, yeah. you're done. Yeah, just a dry brush over the top. Yeah, very much. Yeah, very cool. Have a look at some musketeers, and then some of our showoffs. The thing that I quite like about a lot of the stuff that we've seen from this, as well, is it kind of it
4: points you in the the direction of perhaps thinking differently about how you build your units.
1: Because
4: hmm. a lot of the time, obviously, you do kind of, and obviously, it really depends on the game. But you'll do you'll, you'll often build armies where it's kind of like single units on single bases. Hmm. But a lot of stuff that you see here, especially for things like the pikemen and stuff, I like the idea of making it so that you could either you either do them as one large regiment in its entirety, mm-hmm. kind of like Kings of War style. And then you just kind of like mark the pressure on the unit, perhaps with the dice and something, or you do it in sort of just strips. So you have a strip that you basically all paint together that is mm-hmm. them with their pikes set and ready to take the charge and things. And then you build up each rank as it were as one strip, which I think would be really cool. Uh, sort of take the pain away from having to base everything individually if you want to. <laughs> so, I'm,
0: yeah. I'm a big fan of big blocks of pike all based mm. together because then you can uh, you can base them to the rear. Yes. And prevent yeah. your pike from overhanging as much.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Have them all and in the back. <laughs> you don't have to you don't have to label each individual soldier with one A, one B well, so yeah. they know exactly <laughs> where they stand oh. in the unit.
2: <laughs> yeah, there's that.
0: Nobody, nobody wants that. Yeah. yeah, so that's the 30-year uh, the war. Very nice. If you fancy Gorgeous. going that way
1: mm.
0: and laying about you in Northern Europe. We do have one other uh, company to look at while we're here, mm-hmm. rather than more avant-post stuff. <laughs> um, there is the Old Man Creations, which is the Greek War of Independence.
1: And also so, an
4: awesome if, name for a company. So it is.
0: <laughs> if you're in Europe and you're after these, Google Old Man Creations. There is a website. It will take you straight there. If you're in the UK, you can obviously just come to Mesers. Uh, but this is the 200th anniversary of the start of the Greek War of Independence or the, the Greek Revolution against the Ottoman Turks. And uh, Stavros, who paints for Footsore, mm-hmm. or not paints, sculpts for Footsore. Amongst mm-hmm. others, has done this as his own little range. So you've got wow.
1: uh,
0: Greek rebels against the Ottomans. Nice. And these are a gorgeous set of figures for a relatively, I'm going to say, relatively unknown or untouched conflict. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not easy often, Greek, is it? No, if you're Greek, means an awful lot more than it will to the rest of us because this is 18, <laughs> 1821. So whenever anybody talks about early 19th century conflict, it's always Napoleonic, Napoleonic, Napoleonic. Uh, whereas this was a, a whole other conflict just after the Napoleonic era finished, um, and kind of ignored by the rest of Europe, ignored for a long time until people like Byron got involved. I was um, going to say, and then it, I think it, that's the only way I'd even heard of this was the fact yeah. that that's Byron was Lord like, "I will Byron. fight in this."
4: Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> the only reason I was like, "Oh, Lord Byron, interested? What he did? What?"
0: <laughs> yeah. It was kind of he went there and showcased it to the, um, I suppose the, the the other nobility in mm-hmm. England and in Europe, uh, because they would often go there, and there is sort of the grand tours, uh, and it was a case of you know, look what's happening here. But you've got your your Greek rebels, so the people who uh, fought for, I'm going to say, nine years. Mm -hmm. I've seen different periods given for how long it actually lasted, depending on on (laughs) what you count. Because Greece wasn't set up as an independent nation until like thirty-two, but I think it finished around uh, 2930. So they fought for eight or nine years. Um, before finally gaining their independence uh, and it's obviously it's it's more uh, musketry uh, than pike mm. and shot and that sort of thing so small skirmishes, guerrilla warfare was the order of the day but then you also had uh, large mass battles you had sieges um, Wow so it, it runs the, the gamut through any skill you want to play in uh, now it's it's a very new range. Um so that it's still growing and evolving over time. It's I think it's a sort of a labor of love in amongst his other work. Uh, but obviously we're starting to see more and more things coming out. There is Byron. There <laughs> he <laughs> So even though he went and was given he was given a command. He, <laughs> yes. ne- he never actually fought because they no. kept putting off when he was going to fight. It's like, oh yeah no no definitely you can lead them. You can lead them next month. two months time we're we're definitely launching the assault and then uh just you know no unfortunately his time was up never got to never got to go in there i love that guy i think he's so cool Mm. he is
4: very cool he's probably a terrible person perhaps in history i don't know but (laughs) but he looks cool
0: so yeah uh, there's so much character in all of the characters for want of a better word (laughs) in a lot of cases it's because there is you know I'm fairly certain there's a painting of Byron like that even though he never led trips to battle and I think that's where Stavros has got a lot of these from where he's gone in and recreated the paintings as miniatures Yeah, um, Yeah. so they have a very distinct look Mm -hmm. but yeah they are absolutely stunning figures it's one of the nice things about finding stuff like this
4: um, on these kind of like indies. It's, it kind of promotes, or it prompts you to go and look at other conflicts and things that you perhaps yeah. never seen before yeah. uh, and have a think about maybe diving into them and have a look at stuff. Like in the past, obviously seeing a lot of things for like the English Civil War and the mm-hmm. 30 Years' War and stuff that made me think about, oh, that would be an interesting period to go and dive into. Um, so, yeah, this is also very interesting because... You, you get thinking about the idea of like, okay, taking on control of the, the
0: Greeks and battling for the, their nation and stuff. Yeah. That would be very cool. Uh, but yeah, be interesting. I'd, I'd have to go and have a look because I'm not 100% certain. Obviously, there were Turks fighting in Napoleonics. I think mm-hmm. their gear here is too late for them to be used for Napoleonic conflict as well. But there, it might be possible with some um, weapon swaps or... They may be grand as is. I'm not sure which way. But they're they're very distinct. Sure. Looking force on the tabletop. Um, very, very swashbucklery as well.
2: Yeah.
4: If you wanted to do something slightly more romantic, I think you could have a lot of fun with this range. Yeah, that would be really cool. Actually play out Byron taking command. I was going to say. Especially. the troops uh, <laughs> that and he then, never got to fight with. Yeah.
2: And then him eventually dying of a disease. How long yes. can you keep Byron I mean. alive for? <laughs>
0: Considering how Byron acted, not very long. <laughs> poor, poor Byron. Yeah. His, his only crime was sleeping around a lot. It was the era. A lot of angry husbands. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so that's that's old man creations. Very nice. Um, yeah. I will say on the, the site here, apart from obviously the V&V stuff, we've seen Avon Post do um, 75 mil figures as well. And so Ooh. some people have come in and, showcased some of the uh, My models that they've painted up from that range. So you wow. can see things like ECW figures. Um, there's a miter hat. sort of <gasps> 1800s. Sorry, 700s, 18th century. Um, you've got...
1: That's gorgeous. Um,
0: he looks like he's lost his horse. Poor man. <laughs> Very, annoying. And then I think those are from V&V. Uh, 28 mils, so yeah, yeah. we've looked at those yeah. before, but it's it's nice seeing just the sort of the wealth of stuff yep. and the fact you can, you know, maybe you don't have any, any interest in actually playing the Greek War of Independence, but, you know, you could always go ahead and pick up a Byron you uh, could. and some Ottoman Turks or Greeks, you know, have him rousing them before they go and storm uh, mm. storm the Bastille. Blur all your lines together, Napoleonic French <laughs> defending against Greeks led by Byron. Yeah. You, you can't stop me from doing it. I can do whatever I want in the privacy of my room. I <laughs> frequently do. That game. So there we go. So that's Menezers, Uh mostly Avonpost and uh, Old Man Creations. But very uh, nice. that's, yeah. That has been your indie of the week. Coming to you from the centre of northwestern Europe. Covering board games, war games, card games, and all that you love. It's the News.
4: <laughs> so we are back with the news from this week, a little bit from last week as well. But uh, leading things off, we actually have a little bit of uh, quick news from the folks at Privateer Press who have joined forces with the folks from Mythic mm-hmm. Games. So yes, they have come together to put on a little bit of a funky Uh, kickstarter later this year they're going to be working together on the monster apocalypse the miniatures game but as a board game concept Um, so the whole focus of this is it's going to kind of be an interesting starting point for those people that want to dive into monster apocalypse play the game Uh, you're going to be able to sit down and play with a whole bunch of pre-assembled miniatures which is always awesome, and dive into a two-player core box. And there will also be an expansion that is on the way that's going to add a bunch more into the mix as well. Um, so that's going to allow you to play sort of like team games and all sorts of different things like that too, which is pretty cool. Um, there's only the announcements so mm. far, uh, but they have said they're going to Shoe be coming to Lingle. Kickstarter. <laughs> 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 they will be coming to Kickstarter later this year. Uh, obviously, Spot Clips is pretty fun. Good little bit of... Kaiju action on the tabletop mm-hmm. uh, with some really interesting and quirky designs that they've been working on over the last couple of years now. Um, the new edition of the game obviously comes with those multi part resin kits and things that you build together and you paint it in whatever colors you like. But this is going to be sort of aimed more at those people sort of diving in for the first time. Uh, and it's going to be looking at uh, making sure that it's a nice, easy entry point to apocalypse on the tabletop. I'm going to imagine we're going to see some like pre colored plastics and stuff perhaps in the mix. It be very cool uh, and obviously mm-hmm. one of the nice oh, one of the things i should say this is the obvious thing i was going to say uh, the, the rules between the two games are exactly the same Did so if you just- have been playing monster apocalypse in the past you are totally going to be fine diving into this or if you want to play the board game first and then dive over up to the more miniature based version of this then you can do that as well so you've got the hobby and the board game at the same time i
2: wonder if you can use your miniatures in the board game.
4: Uh, they might yes. be
2: a bit big. You can? I would, I would
4: assume you'd be able to. Everything's going to be basically the same. It's just, you know, you're going to have kind of the pre-assembled uh, as opposed to the um, sort of unassembled
2: ones, basically. Nice. Because so, yeah. you've got all, you've got different types of terrain and home bases in Monster Apocalypse. It'd be really interesting yeah. to see how that does translate over to a board game anyway.
0: There is, as you can see here, a notify me on launch doohickey for presumably Kickstarter. Although these days, who knows?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, game so, pal,
0: Kickstarter. Yeah, so if you fancy, <laughs> if you fancy wrecking uh, whole cities uh, throwing monsters through the Eiffel Tower then you should definitely go over and have a wee look at that
4: very much so yeah mm. um, so yeah keep an eye out for that I'm sure we'll be doing some coverage of the Kickstarter in the near future mm-hmm. uh, moving things on uh, to the green dark future of the 41st millennium mm. uh, for those who are fans of Orcs and Greenskins and all their guises there are some new releases coming well pre-orders coming up this weekend for you to dive into mm-hmm. so if you missed out on the Codex from the Beast Snaggers launch box, mm-hmm. you're going to be able to pick up the full orc codex with, I'd say, probably better-looking cover art uh, this time around uh, mm. than the one of the Beast yeah. one, Although Obviously, that's got its own limited quality to it anyway. Now, but this one uh, looks very cool indeed. It shows up a whole range of different orcs, smashing, bashing, and otherwise wagging. On the uh, tabletop, uh, that's going to be the tagline to their new Warhammer Plus TV show.
0: <laughs> sure, it is. Too. Yeah. <laughs> Especially best you best the working.
2: Uh, no, I was going to say you had to say it in the Cockney accent otherwise it's just not going to happen. You now. do have to. That is yeah, the okay.
4: the voice of all orcs. <laughs> um, as well as the new Codex, you're going to be able to pick up the new Combat Patrol set. Um, so this is where you're going to be finding the new plastic death copters. And they've also got the new plastic boys in there. And there's also that new war boss in the Mega Armor that you can see in the center. Uh, the Death Dread already exists within thine world of Warhammer. Um, this is also going to be the only place that you'll be able to pick up uh, basically everything but the Death Dread for now, until they release them as individual boxes later on down the line. Mm. Uh, but if you want to get your sticky fingers into the Orc pies, mm-hmm. then you'll have to go and do that through this Combat Patrol set. Um, right. seen a lot of people talking about these um, plastic kits and stuff so far. They have shown off the sprues for these. Uh, they are, I guess you'd say, more monopose than the standard kit from oh. the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're an enterprising Orc uh, hobbyist, I'm sure you have a sore and clippers and all sorts at the ready anyway. That's all uh, you need. To start snipping away at things. Uh, but, yeah, so some interesting bits and pieces in there yeah. need to make up your Orc armies. Uh, in addition to the Karma Patrol, we also have the re-release, or now the full release, I guess you'd say, of a lot of the Beast Snagger stuff. Uh, so you're going to be able to pick up individually the Beast Boss, uh, Zogrod, nice. uh, as in charge of all his... Um, his uh, Grotz and Gretchen on the tabletop. Uh, the regular Beast Snagger boys um, who are ready to go hunt down beasts on some alien planet. And then you've also got your Squig Hog boys as well. Um, so they've pretty much released everything from that launch box onto thine tabletop now for you to use in your orc Armies. So if you wanted more of these to build up a, a you know, a very specific Beast Snagger army, then you can definitely do that. Or if you just wanted to use them as sort of additional elements to your existing Orc army that exists, uh, then uh, definitely go for it. Um, there are a few additional bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. So they have said that the new, well, there's a new Battle Wagon coming out, or at least a re released version of the Battle Wagon that comes with a couple of new um, weapons on it. So you've got a Death Roller and a Rocket Launcher added into that. So I assume that matches up well with the new Codex. And there's also their new piece of terrain as well, which is the big head boss BanCat, which you've got to say in that exit as well.
0: Uh, I really don't week. think you do. <laughs>
4: Next week, Glasgow will be millionaires. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, so you, just
2: need, you just need to read everything phonetically. Just of that. course,
4: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this comes laden with guns, and it's obviously Jeez. one of the terrain pieces they tend to do when they throw things into the mix. So mm-hmm. even though a massive uh, stomper has clearly been destroyed by some Imperial Walker, the Orcs have found a way to use it on the tabletop. Uh, so
2: yeah. How big is this? Try and paste this
4: one, uh, well, as far as I can remember from the preview images, a little normal orc boy, uh, the kind of like parapet around the top comes up to about his waist. Mm. So, nice. I'd say that's probably, I'd say that's about three orcs high, maybe four. I'm gonna say
2: so, <laughs> normally they put a little orc in there, don't they?
1: Do. Like, they do,
0: they do it's good to have. I quite like the fact that the cure uh, are <laughs> represented <laughs> on the <table> top. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Very true. Yes! <laughs> just, little, just how little the, we knew. Yeah.
0: For the new release of Love Squeaks. Yeah. <inaudible> <tactile> wow.
1: wow.
2: New album dropping October. Oh,
0: yeah. 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 It's fun
2: but...
4: nice I also point out this weekend, because obviously it's the pre-order weekend for this, and they're not pictured here, but you'll be able to pick up the... the um, Data cards for the orcs mm. and the dice. Mm. As I always say with this, they will sell out incredibly quickly. So if you want to get them, uh, either head down over to Games Workshop or, of course, store on tabletop, uh, and you might be able to pick up a set or two for yourself. I already know a couple of my friends who are trying to bag see maybe two or three sets of those dice because oh, obviously exactly. when you're playing orcs, you've got a lot of dice. So uh, yeah, of
0: dice and 3D movement trays. Yes, they We're are the dark. order of the day.
1: Get those baggies
0: ready. Yeah. Uh, Moving away from the grim dark and into the uh, old West and Sarissa Precision have been uh, working on some 15 mil bits and pieces. Mm. So these are for the North American range, uh, which Mm -hmm. is excellent for people who are getting into black powder, uh, using the 15 mil stuff from Warlord at Mm -hmm. the moment. So you can get a whole town's worth of buildings. Um. Your big mansion, your shacks, your church, your bordello, presumably, in there. Um, Cat house. Yep. But they they also are all available individually as well. So you get, I think, a few quid off if you buy the big box. Nice. uh, With all the bits and pieces in there. But if you need to populate your town with a bit more, then you can grab them as well. But how do you get from town to town? Well, by railway of course uh and this this little train set comes with you know uh, a flat car a caboose your tender a cattle car station water tower and enough track for uh five foot across the table wow now you can buy additional carriages and additional track as well if you need it it's all flat track uh i haven't seen any crossings or curves or anything clever like that uh so you know fairly static but yeah, If you're looking to defend Atlanta or attack Atlanta, um, either way, all you need is a big bit of of rail running straight through the place, and you're good to go. Uh, f- these,
2: 15 mil as well, yeah?
0: This is all 15 mil, yeah. Now, it's not the only thing they've done for uh, North uh, America so far, if we go across to Sarissa. They've also done some other bits and pieces for 15 mil. So if you are getting into your American Civil War, you can pick up sets for Antietam, uh, Gettysburg and nice. Manassas should be about somewhere as well, I think. Uh, Very cool. Uh, maybe. Oh, there we go. There's the Manassas. So if you're looking to do bill run, uh, you can do that as well. And again, all available individually, so you can get your hands on uh, the cemetery or the Evergreen uh, Cemetery gatehouse as well, uh, which are lovely bits of kit and mm. excellent for, obviously, for the American Civil War. But if you fancy doing something maybe a bit more Old West um, mm-hmm. or Wild West in 15, then that could be done as well. So you don't necessarily have to stick yourself to playing American Civil War. Uh, you could probably squeeze some of these out into American War of Independence as well, mm. or uh, the Mexican uh, US war. So if you fancy playing some sort of Alamo-like things and, and getting getting on with uh, Mexico in the South for the, the Spanish wars, then that's also viable so it's it's really developing into a really nice range of 15 mil stuff
1: Uh, you know
0: you could probably persuade me that some of this could work in europe as well without too much hassle it has to be said so if you're interested in your 15 mil yanks then definitely check out what sarissa are up to Uh, and if you just want to put choo-choo trains on the tabletop. <laughs> then you can also do that. Well, no, that's what
4: Lloyd wants to do. Oh, that, yeah. <laughs> that is what
0: Lloyd wants to do all of the time. But yeah, definitely worth checking out that range. Uh, I see more people sort of moving across into 15 mil with that sort of release of black powders, uh, plastics. So interesting times ahead from them, I believe.
2: This was a uh, MDF. though, was that's yeah. all MDF. Yeah. Are they pre-painted or do they? No,
0: no, you've got to paint them yourself. Cool. But it doesn't take long to do it. Um, 15, if you have yeah. a look, March one says march attack yeah march attack uh, paints up these buildings and they generally do little painting tutorials on their website and youtube channels so you can get these painted up in relatively short order uh, another thing has done of late is stencils um that you can overlay and then either airbrush through or rattle cam through uh they're they're like a Myanmar sort of um plastic so they can be wiped clean so you can reuse them so you can put extra detail onto them if you want to uh i know one person uh, in our community has been running uh polyphylla so render essentially oh, right. uh yeah. through it so put a stencil of brickwork up against the wall That's clever. put, put the plaster <laughs> over and then pull it away and you've got brickwork wow. or stonework or that's, that's very
2: say. clever so
0: there are ways and means and those those stencils are are across the website mostly 28 but i think they've started work on some 15s as well so nice. you can get your uh, you can get your train on the tabletop and painted in short order I was going to
4: say airbrush is a good way forward for this kind of stuff i know you mentioned them there but I like an easy way to get through a lot of buildings all in one go basically yeah
0: <laughs> yeah well, very much so especially if you're you're starting to do things with not even stencils but just even a piece of card right. um and then set up against it and then just spray and work your way down and you get like a hard line um for your your tiling or your um board work your your individual planks that sort of thing so you can you can pick them out very quickly um without too much effort which is always good
3: you just got to be careful with the paint you're using on on mdf because you you'll get that oiliness of the the wood coming back through sometimes or that's what i was
4: wondering about yeah
3: yeah because we we would uh if we're painting them in here it's usually like the spray primer like a halford's Or something like that you do a spray primer to sort of neutralize that and then go in with the airbrush right, right. or co- color primers are army painter range and, and yep. tp combats range probably really good for it too
0: oh yeah you can just hammer hammer on a rattle cam primer first if you yep. want if you're not going to um maybe you're not in a position where you can uh, i know obviously scandiwegians are already into 24 hours of darkness so going outside for a quick spray with a rattle can probably isn't going to work for you if you're up that neck of the woods um but a thin down coat of pva and water yeah. over mdf or uh shellac or something like that just to, right. okay. to you can brush seal it on it. seal it and then you can use an airbrush without any major issues but regardless nice. of how you choose to do it uh you can hammer them out in short order because 15 mil stuff paints itself it's, it's very far away <laughs> it's the way to do it. It's already in the distance. Yeah, it's already in the distance. Um but sticking with historics but moving away from the Americas. Ben.
1: Um,
4: yeah, so
0: um Empress
4: Miniatures over I guess you'd say maybe the last year or so mm-hmm. have been doing a lot more World War One stuff. Um mm-hmm. They've been doing it for a while anyway, Uh, but we've definitely seen them expanding things with their British, for example. Uh, But uh, more recently, they actually managed to bring on board uh, the OZ Club STP range, Mm -hmm. which was sculpted by Paul Hicks for um, a Russian company. Uh, And these miniatures uh, for the World War I Russians were only available, previous to this, in the Russian Federation. So uh, they have now been released unto the world through the wonders that are uh, uh, Empress miniatures for you to pick up uh, and they have a couple of different sets for you to dive into um, each of them kind of provides you with your sort of standard line infantry that you'd need for playing out World War One as the Russians uh, but you also have a machine gun in there as well if you want to lay down some, some uh, suppressive fire too um, some nice sculpts obviously because it's Paul Hicks mm. uh, who does amazing work as it stands uh, but uh, really nice to see sort of like this other side uh, of World War I uh, in many respects like I obviously knew that we see a lot of stuff, especially now, really, uh, for the British, the French, and the Germans. Uh, but we don't tend to see much for the Russians, oddly enough. Uh, yeah. but obviously they were involved, or, they were. albeit for a little while, I guess. So, but, yeah, uh, they
3: they yeah. had a bit of a, a local kerfuffle that pulled them out yes. of it.
0: So. Yes. <laughs> then, as as far as the kerfuffling goes, uh, these could then be used for the um, the the civil war afterwards so you've got Very your so, yeah. you put these up yeah. as your Czarist uh, troops or your your white army against the the bolshevik reds um which is you know i, I would say it's it's timely in many respects i know blood and plunder uh, have been talking about the upcoming supplement which is end of empires so it's sticking with world war one um but they're either nations that weren't covered in the initial blood, blood and, and valor guess, or right, blood yeah. and valor yeah. sorry yeah right. um but also they have interwar and, and some of the revolutions that happened around the same time. So there, there is the Imperial Russian Army, uh, the Cossacks, the Bolsheviks, Very uh, cool. the right yeah. and wet, Red and White Army lists as well in there, and amongst a whole host of other ones, uh, nice. including stuff for like the Easter Rising. So these are, are coming at a great time, so you can use them for blood and valor, or you could use them for one of those uh, sort of World War I adjacent, shall we say, battles. Um, not necessarily has to be in World War I itself.
4: Yeah, and I know obviously we talk about a lot of these kind of ranges, maybe kind of like bringing a, a period of history to the forefront. And I know obviously a lot of people will say in the comments that World War One has been gamed for many, many years. Of course it has. Uh, but it's always, I think we're coming round to that kind of like, I think everything has those sort of moments. And I think we're coming round to wargaming having a little bit of a moment for World War One. Because obviously I think, you know, we've got Blood and Valor out there from Firelock. Mm. War Games Atlantic are doing all their plastic stuff for World War One. We're seeing a lot more stuff coming up from Empress as well. So uh, I think it, it, if you're interested or at least were semi interested in the period, I think now is a good time to dive in and give it a go. I think
0: you're always under to winner with Paul Hicks sculpts anyway. Oh, yes, very much so. I mean, yeah. <laughs> they, they do look great.
4: Yeah, but they, they did also say that their Russian stuff, there matches, up. well, the stuff that was done for the OZ club matches up well with the scales and things for the rest of the Empress line. Hmm. Because obviously it's from Paul Hicks anyway. So if that works for that, it's easily going to match up with everything they've done previous, which is always nice.
0: Happy days. What's up next then? We're going over to
2: Raccoon, Raccoon City we are. So if you're a fan of the Resident Evil franchise and you've dipped into the Resident Evil 1 and 2 board games from Steamforge, you're going to be delighted to know that the third board game's on its way after a successful Kickstarter. So Steamforge games are now taking pre-orders for the survival title. Ready to take on nemesis so (laughs) resident evil 3 board game you can take the role of jill valentine and her justice pushing crew recreating scenes from the video game so keeping in theme with the same rules and gameplay as the previous games in the series players are going to get to see raccoon city and its next deadly hurdle in the franchise so up to the third game in the third slot so in the box you're going to get loads of components including game tiles 104 different pieces of terrains and tokens to further the gameplay, 108 cards and 28 new plastic miniatures to paint up as well. Along with that, you get nine new scenarios to immediately embark into Raccoon City as well. So whilst players are exploring the Hellraising City, they're going to find themselves in loads of different locations too. So... It will keep players and players are going to need to keep an eye on their danger levels throughout, making sure that it's safe. And each decision made in the game is going to have a knock on effect for the next encounter as well. So that theme runs throughout the Resident Evil games. But this new miniature with Nemesis wielding a gnarly rocket, I can imagine that's not going to be the easiest of bosses. But you'll get uh, your run of the mill zombies and zombie dog bosses too to um. I mean, uh, to the game. So the base game is not the only thing for us to sink our teeth into as well. There's an expansion available to pre-order as well. So there's a City of Ruin expansion and players get to look at new locations such as the hospital, the park, the dead factory, and get two new bosses in with that as well. So fans of the video game um, will be completely immersed into the main game locations and completely take on the new threat. So they both can be pre-ordered on the Steamford website now. And they are ready for the release next month. So we haven't got that long nice. by the end of yeah. October. So, I assume then.
0: these are all standalone from the Resident <clears> Evil 1 and 2 board games. So you don't need the other ones. No,
2: no, you do not. You can play this one so that you've got your Resident Evil 1 board game, Resident, 2, Resident Evil 3. Each different mm-hmm. story is just like the video games will be played out.
4: Yeah, core mechanics re- re- remain the same throughout all <laughs> three of them though. So if you play the first one, you don't need to do too much extra to work when it comes to diving in and finding out. How to play this one and stuff as well but um obviously as it has gone through three iterations uh, Mm -hmm. as it were uh, obviously things have been tweaked and tightened up and everything like that when it comes to the rules and stuff so this will be obviously the most up-to-date version of that that you'll be able to play on the tabletop which is pretty cool so
1: so.
0: looks like he's had one of the uh esther branson cocktails (laughs) (laughs) pulled your gums back over your teeth (laughs)
1: Well, as long as you
4: can perfect a stars style impression, yes. I'm sure you'll be fine uh, yeah. hunting down Jill and everyone.
0: Portrait I mean, tabletops.
2: I've just said it to you guys. So they just bring out the full fun already. Like, Resident Evil 4 is the best. It
0: is, it? Yeah. it is. I haven't played any since the original one on PlayStation. Oh, right. Have you not? No, that, that was <laughs> the we last need, time I played we Resident we need, Evil. We need
4: floppy head, Leo. We
2: need floppy-haired Leo. <laughs> All the time. It's just Yay.
4: awesome. I,
3: my only exposure to Resident Evil has been the movies. Oh wow. Oh, okay. Kill it going, with fire, John. I'm, I'm going to hurt your feelings for you and say I care not for the video games.
1: <laughs>
2: I'm okay as long as you're not saying Resident Evil is an amazing franchise because you've seen the film, so that that that's fine.
1: Could be, could be an amazing franchise. You don't no. know. Don't
0: let him finish that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody else has seen the films except for John Sunanda. So yeah.
3: Of them, you know, an amazing franchise or not. That's why I was thinking. I was looking at Nemesis going, why isn't he carrying the minigun that he
0: got in the movie? <laughs> <laughs> the minigun was far cooler than the rocket launcher. Oh, no. Oh, no. Have either of you played any of the... Because um, I'm going to go and let say John hasn't, but have either of you played any of the Resident Evil games from Steam Forge yet? Uh,
2: I've played the first Resident Evil... No, I've played the second one. Second Resident Evil game I've played. I played
0: what? the first one at Gen Con years and years ago. But- I wonder how easy it is to build a um scenario of your own devising because could you pick bits and pieces from the various board games and if you had like one and well, three potentially. or one and two once you have played through the main storyline you know is there because I, I don't know how the game itself works so i don't know if there's any sort of legacy like things or you're or it's like an investigation type you know so you you don't know what's coming or is it more like a, a standard sort of dungeon crawler but oh. in a pulp setting
2: i wonder if you can mix and max your um miniatures from hmm. one and two take what them into play easily. yeah
4: and they do have kind of like a like one of the cool things in the game is that sort of there's like a card deck that reveals weird nasty stuff that happens to you as you go mm-hmm. through kind of like a little bit of a sort of game direct because it's also sort of, it's a fully cooperative experience against oh. the game itself so i reckon if you you know had a little bit of you know took a little bit of time to think about it you could probably build together an interesting deck that would allow you to play out any yeah. individual your scenario if you wanted to and just tailor it to whatever you've answered i guess but
0: uh because yeah. that would amuse me especially after you've if you've been playing with friends playing through the narrative side of it then mm. sit back and go this week i've come up with one that i think is going to murder us all yeah. can we escape and then and you've got that that sort of bar raising moment where yeah. your friends try and outdo each other on how far <laughs> can we push this before we just can't get through it yeah. you do you do
4: find that um, with a lot of these kind of games uh, you'll find the community putting things together on things like Board Game Geek and stuff. Yeah, you do. So it might be worth seeing if other people have put things together as sort of like downloadable scenarios and that kind of thing and then use those as kind of like a leaping off point to making something yourself, perhaps as well.
2: And so, if it's something you've ever given a go, show us in the project system. We'd love to
0: yeah, see yeah. as well. That'd be so cool.
2: if, mm. if you've got your own scenario, be sure to let us know. Can
0: can we see whether or not somebody can recreate the Jill sandwich from one? <laughs> Guess we'll find out in time to go. <laughs>
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> it's a Jill sandwich. <laughs> we're almost a Jill sandwich. Chris John's like, Barry. what? Huh? John,
2: John's just, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And
0: on that note, separate
2: coffee. Right. Where are
4: we off to next?
0: <laughs> we're, we're going to be taking a look at, actually, more stuff from Firelock, Ben. We are, yeah.
4: Um, so Firelock Games... Um, Well, a couple of weeks ago we talked about it I think maybe it was a couple of months ago now we talked about Mm -hmm. the fact that they're working on a couple of role-playing games Uh, so they're going to be using the year um, zero system mechanics for that in order to make two historically accurate or as close as you can be anyway with these kind of things Mm. uh, role-playing games for you to dive into Uh, so one of them uh, was under Black Sales, but the other one that they've sort of been talking about in more detail recently because it's sort of edging towards a release at the start of 2022 Mm. is War Stories and we've actually been able to have a little go at this which was good fun and hopefully you'll see that in the near future Uh, but um, because they've been previewing some of this we just thought we'd dive in and talk a little bit about it it's kind of like what they've been doing with it as well so um, the main sort of premise behind war stories is that you play as uh, either the airborne from the Brits or the Americans uh, during Operation Overlord uh, in sort of World War II and you'll be playing as soldiers or a squad of soldiers, at least, uh, mm-hmm. as you go about uh, all manner of different missions on the tabletop, uh, and the sort of core basis of each character very much takes their you know that sort of the Year Zero engine and, and runs with it. You have your two basic stats that you'll add together and then you'll roll your dice and get sixes and you succeed. Way fantastic. You can then push your rolls and if you roll ones then bad things happen. Uh, and you have all sorts of other things the mix as well. Uh, but they have made um, the characters in themselves A lot deeper, I guess you'd say, Mm. than sort of standard Year Zero characters. Yeah. Uh, They've got things in like a life path system, so you can find out what your character was like before they became a soldier, which I think is really, really cool. Kind of feeds into the way you play your characters. Uh, And they've also got um, some very muddy and gritty and nasty um, damage rules in there now. Um, Weapons, Um, as you might have imagined, are pretty deadly uh, because... Their weapons. <laughs> weapons kill people. Huh? Exactly, uh, and so um, not only will the enemy go down very easily, but you're just a soldier. Things can go badly for you as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, yes,
0: uh, I won't spoil anything. But no, no, lots of people die. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, World War II was. Yeah, yeah. Oh. World War yeah. was bad. Mm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: No, but there, I mean, this character here, the medic,
4: mm-hmm.
0: uh, is an interesting one because you were talking about the life path and during the the life path progression or when you're rolling to see what happened beforehand. So it's the son of a college professor um, grew up eager to see the world, but also educated. And because of that education, there is uh, additional languages available to this character. I I know whenever I was talking to Gabe, uh, saying that in the main American characters don't really speak a huge amount of second languages. They mostly just stuck with, Uh, English, Um, but in this case, the the life path generated essentially a a multilingual character, which is a nice way of doing it, especially if you're one of the hardest things to do when you're trying to play an RPG, especially as a new group. Uh, and you're just getting into it, is generating your character and working out who they are, where they're from, what type of person they're like, and having sets of steps in there that you can either randomly generate or I think you you can go in and just pick. You can pick things. Yeah, Yeah, you can go, I'd like to be this. I'd like to be just a guy from the Midwest, maybe worked in an auto shop, whatever happened to be. You just, you can do that but if if you just want to let the dice decide how your sort of character progresses and how they ended up in this mess um then you can just let the dice do that and and see what it it generates you and you may be surprised at just sort of the depth that's in there as well uh, which is a lot of fun i also see that beyond the uh, 101st we have a few other characters as well
4: yeah, so um, one of the things, obviously, I said at the beginning there was that you're going to get to play as those kind of like airborne characters and stuff, which is kind of the main focus of things. But they they have got lots and lots of additional rules in there that they're going to be building on to allow you to play as different player characters. Um, so, for example, they talked about the idea of playing as tank commanders and that, that kind of thing. Uh, so, for example, you know, we've got one of the sort of African American soldiers that would have been fighting during that period. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they've also um, put in loads of stuff for generating resistance fighters as well, because this is all about retaking elements of, of France from the, the Axis, mm-hmm. the sort of fighting them back towards Germany. And so a lot of the time, obviously the rest of resistance fighters had a massive hand in that. Uh, and so having them as part of your squad uh, is pretty awesome on the t- uh, on the tabletop in a role-playing game. Um, talking of the squad as a whole as well, yeah. I should point out that just because you've made a character doesn't mean that that's the one you're going to be playing at the end of your campaign. Um, uh, one of the things we mentioned earlier is that death is always around the corner uh, and so they've got some interesting things in there for you to yeah. kind of not only just build up your character through experience but also the experience of other characters within your squad so that if your guy bites the dust or whatever uh, then uh, or hits the dust then you're going to be able to change up and play as a different character as part of your squad and not lose any of the character development in a way because you've already been playing as them beyond, well, before that anyway
0: Yeah, so, yeah cool. it's So This is something that's coming with Under the Black Seals as well, where you have a a sort of a group um, that you can pick from. So whether it's your your squad or platoon for war stories or the crew on board your ship uh, for Under the Black Seals, they're always there. And one of the things they've done is, because they've made it more realistic than most year zero games where you're shrugging off shotgun shells to the head in this, if you need a medic, that medic isn't going to instantly heal all of your ills and have you back fully fighting fit. There is a long time. So if you broke a leg, prepare to be on crutches for three months or whatever happens to be for it to heal. And while that's happening, you can still play with that character uh, with all the negatives that will come from having (laughs) a broken leg or while they're convalescing. So while they're sent back to, you know, Paris or back to Blighty to, to, to convalesce one of the other characters from your, crew or from your platoon step up you take over them they progress and then your own character can come back later on so you get that really cinematic feel of people coming and going and losing members without them just being faceless individuals um and also you can swap in and out so maybe if you've got a a couple of ncos uh and you're playing one but then you're being sent forward to scouts maybe they don't need the uh the platoon sergeant to go forward so pull up a a lance corporal to lead the the mission instead or bring a sniper out so you're not limited that you would be in 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 most rpgs to your character Mm. you are the collective if you will Uh, i think that shows more when you think about band of brothers um, where everybody sort of got a little spotlight throughout the series where they were focused on and you see that coming through with war stories. And I imagine we'll see the same with Under the Black Seals as well, yeah. with uh, various people sort of moving forward to to yeah. have their moment to shine. It's it's an interesting because it, it kind of
4: reminds me, weirdly, as you say, Band of Brothers, it reminds me of almost playing through a, a, a TV series or a movie, or in this case, I guess, real life, actually. <laughs> you playing through a period of history yeah. rather than yeah. just as an individual on that one particular journey. And I like the idea that maybe... You know, you don't particularly want to play as the machine gunner this time this time around with the big, you know, massive gun on their back. Uh, Maybe swap with another player and play that character, and just sort of build on that and try nuances and character development and that kind of thing that way around. Um, So yeah, I think it's really the other thing that I really like about this, and I think the same thing is going to apply to Black Cells as well, is that because they're grounded within our reality and our world and history that has previously existed. There's so many things that you can already get out there very easily from the internet or for books or whatever mm. to use as artifacts on the table. So if you want to play out a particular moment within World War II, or well, go find the maps from the period that were either, you know, drawn by the soldiers and the cartographers that's a great at that idea. time. Or you know, find something digitally online or from Bandy Brothers or something and be like, I want to play this. Let's set a story here. Yeah. And there's something instantly recognisable for all the players around the table because everyone's human beings and they know about World War II. Well, or you, know, you know, they know about the age of sail, they've got of sail. So there's some really nice jumping off points for a lot of people to dive into role-playing games, perhaps for the first time, especially with a very easy system like the, the, the Year Zero yeah. one, which is very quick and easy to dive into. So, so. I,
0: I don't know if um, the British military have it, but I know the US have got a digital online uh, library of all of their maps oh, from wow. world war Two, so you can literally go into That's any amazing. theater uh, for any any period throughout the, the the four years they were fighting and go yeah. i want to see what happened on this specific island i want to know
1: oh, wow. the,
0: and, and you can go in and see the maps that the, the commanders would have used um and so that is available i think for everyone I, I know it's That's used amazing. by their um like the. The likes of their officer training uses it. So if you if you are in the US military, you can access more detailed things that are behind a a sort of a a wall, essentially a military wall You need a a service (laughs) number to see it. But the public, the public can access uh, all of the maps, certainly uh, because I've been in and hooked around in there for North African stuff at some points in the past. Um, So I don't know if if this the equivalent is available uh, in the UK, um, but the internet everybody can get on the american side anyway and see that i'd be fascinating to see i know they've they've said it's going to be normandy but i would love to do something with like the the warsaw rising in poland as well
4: oh, the, the scope for them to do expansion books for this yeah. is a, a, absurd they could go and do an entire one based on the north african theater and everything like that as well so
2: me, of to
0: expand. yeah 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 it'll be be excellent to see and like i say we have played the war stories. Uh, so yep. keep keep your eye out for that. Uh, that will be coming in the not too distant future. Um, um uh, what a great time we had. And um <laughs> and Black Seals, uh, we are hoping to film something with the creator of it very soon and uh, and so it will be coming out as well. So there's plenty coming for both mm-hmm. games. If you're interested in finding out more about them, uh then just check out on tabletop.com and we'll keep you up to date. Uh, But that's us for the news. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll be taking a look at some 3D printing. All right, then, we're back and we're going to be taking a look at the wonderful world of 3D printing. And this week, we're going to have a look at one page rules. Page me now.
4: Yeah, uh, so we have looked at one page rules in the past. Uh, I think we looked at them and they basically just started their Patreon, mm-hmm. um, as it were. But I thought it would be worth it revisiting them now. They have had a couple of months under their belt, um, as it were, mm-hmm. and have started showing off a whole range of new stuff. Um, so, for those people who aren't that familiar with one page rules as it stands, uh, they Uh, very much as their name would suggest. They create one-page rules. Mm. Uh, They have done an exceptional job of creating rules for you to play grimdarky-style sci-fi games and big, epic, heroic fantasy games on the tabletop using literally one page of rules. Uh, I have looked through them and I have very much enjoyed them, and I know a lot of other people do as well. Uh, But of course, whilst their rules are applicable to very well-known games that are out there at the moment, uh, they also decided Hey, you know what? What about if we got some sculptors to do some awesome work for our own world and art mm-hmm. that they've been creating? Uh, and so that is what they've been doing. And so now, over now, over on my mini factory, they have put together a vast quantity of different armies for you to use in their games my word. and whatever games you'd wish to dive into as well. Um, because one of the things they've dived into with this, obviously, is they they've specifically said this, like they want you to use these in their own games but if you feel like you want to use these in anything else that you you know could see fit to do so definitely go and do it want to use those demons uh, for raining hell Mm-hmm. go for it have fun which I think is just fantastic and they have things in that sense that are very kind of um, setting agnostic in many different ways yeah. uh, so obviously that could very easily work as a demon in within the world of Age of Sigmar yeah. but also is equally as fitting for something like Rain in Hell or perhaps as a massive huge monstrous beast in some kind of second age adventure in Lord of the Rings or something like that if you wanted to as well which is pretty cool um, so yeah they've done some really fascinating bits and pieces either a single sort el- sort of like monsters and characters or as larger sort of like um, army style builds as well. Uh, so they've gone in and created entire um, sets of troops and all sorts of different things like that for a lot of their different forces oh. that they then expand, expanded and delved into with their, their rule sets and stuff. Um, this one's actually uh, one of the creatures they did to build on. Beast. Yeah. That's
1: huge.
4: Make sure that fits on your 3d printing bread. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Do a foot at a time. <laughs> uh, but this was actually to go alongside uh, a lot of their kind of like Saurian lizard men style empire mm-hmm. that they were creating, yeah. uh, which obviously then had rules within Age of Fantasy mm-hmm. and stuff, but obviously has some very uh, similar elements to it for a sort of like Warhammer Fantasy Battles Major Age of Sigmar and the Seraphon and that, that kind of thing as well. Um but yeah, so this kind of like um shows off their kind of monthly release schedule and kind of how they plan things out. Mm-hmm. Um so what they tend to do. Is what they'll have is they'll start off with say for example month one where they go okay we're going to give you the core things you need to build a mummified undead army and an army of the alien hives so you're going to get a whole set of sort of like awesome ancient egyptian style warriors to use on the tabletop that have long been long past their best uh, and also then a set of kind of like almost semi xenothrope semi tyranid style aliens for in mm-hmm. your games and they'll gave, give you basically the core of those forces so you'll get some characters like we're seeing here so you kind of, kind of like your mummy lord and that kind of thing and then you'll get your sort of rank and file troops as well so in this case you've got some really awesome looking sort of like uh, Shakti cool. style warriors and that kind of thing mm. walking yeah. up the table which I think is really really cool bringing back those um, sort of skeletal horses which you either like or you distinctly hate uh, they're a very Marmite style thing I think skeletal horses
0: <laughs> I love them
4: I love them <laughs> I think they look really weird <laughs>
0: so easy to paint
4: yeah I <laughs> bet very true compared to normal horses mm. very true that that means they only count as one and a half miniatures now not two so
0: uh, it's undead don't, <laughs> don't forget any of them kind of
4: paint.
0: So, <laughs> white and wash yeah. my work here's done
2: very, very, <laughs> I do uh, love it that's a clopesh, isn't it? is that
4: clopesh? yeah the copesh <laughs> is that kind of like axe uh, style uh, sword uh, that they use yeah, yeah. that's cool Good for lopping off heads and mm. making sure that you can bring a shield down to smack someone in the face. No, there's no Brendan Fraser in there there. Sad no. times.
2: Sad.
3: No. I I always laugh when I see like undead armies that have musicians with, you know, horns. <laughs> horns, yeah, uh, yeah and, and wind instruments. And it's like, oh.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I get yeah. the sense that nobody's told them that it doesn't work. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Potentially. Just give them all hurdy-gurdies. I think I'll exactly. be hilarious.
4: That would be amazing. Oh, yeah. more wow. little things to play, the xylophone ribs. That would be the best thing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Just,
2: Just give someone a ukulele. It'd look adorable. <laughs>
4: Uh, so as well as obviously we saw those kind of a mummified yeah. dead, they tend to do this thing where they kind of split things down the middle to do a sci-fi and a fantasy.
0: Yeah. And on
4: the sci-fi side of things, That's they nice. did, and this was one of the ones they originally came out with, was this mm. alien hives, which I think are just fantastic because they're kind of like half lizardy sort of reptilian creatures and half sort of standard tyranid style creatures as well. But I think that they've done something really nice and twisted with them yeah. so that they wouldn't necessarily have to be used for something alien, you could also yeah. use this mm. as like demons or something mm. as well on the tabletop, which I think is really cool. I think
2: this would look really nice in a post-apocalyptic campaign. Yeah. Because you they're see, hybrid
4: almost. You could see so them as like 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 mutated a, animals yeah. or something. Yeah, that could be yeah.
3: really cool. It would look very good for um, uh, Fallout Wasteland Warfare. Yes, it yes. would. Yeah, those so, yeah. crawly ones. would. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but then so sort of like every, every month, once they've released uh, one of those packs, they then go through and they spend sometimes two months sometimes three months expanding on that and offering mm-hmm. up additional elements for you to sort of add on to those armies so i think it was with the undead they did like two months i think it was maybe three just sort of like build on the alien hives and then add a couple more bits into the mummified undead yep. mm-hmm. and then they moved on and did things like the saurians that you see here and they do very much the similar thing so they give you tend to like a a, a big thing some core troops and then something added onto that as well that you can sort of use as like characters and that kind of thing, and that's sort of the the process that they go through all the way through uh, up until now as we've seen. Um, and yeah, we, uh, we we obviously covered these and we did some mm. uh, sort of like interesting interviews with these guys back. I think it was last year,
0: was it now, Jerry? I think it was at least a year ago. Yeah, was at
4: least a year ago, maybe two.
0: God, time has
4: yeah. time is uh, a wibbly wobbly thing. <laughs> uh but uh yeah and so if you want to learn a little bit more about that i'll put some links down below where we talk to the guys behind the the game and that kind of thing so you can get an idea of their philosophy and stuff but when it comes to the actual just 3d printing side of things these guys have have really knocked out at the park and i think a lot of people have been really on board with it in terms of patreon but then obviously a lot of the stuff that they do then you don't get at the time you can then pick up over through my mini factory as well later on down the line which i think is really cool um And they're just so inventive and different with what they do, obviously taking very familiar techniques and then adding something like a little bit different. So, like, I think one of the things that was really nice about these is that while they retain a lot of that kind of Seraphon quality, that Mm -hmm. Lizard Van quality, they also did some interesting things with them to make them sort of less less Amazonian in parts mm. and more kind of like they could be from anywhere kind of thing. Mm. Like, I think they did some interesting things with the way they did things like the, the Croxigores that are not Croxigores and stuff like yeah. that to make them look more like Nile crocodiles, for example. Well. Mm.
3: Really cool. they, they kept that Inca kind of look. That's but what the I was Indian thinking. rolled it down. back a
4: little bit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then the same obviously applies to things like the alien hives and stuff as well.
2: Where oh,
0: freaky. Their-
2: that brain one was gorgeous that one so that,
0: oh, just in time for uh, quarantine 37 from start
4: yeah <laughs> yeah drop that into uh, some strange facility off uh, on a space station somewhere and suddenly, now you know why there are plague zombies everywhere because that thing has got into their minds and mm. walked them and twisted them.
2: I can just look at these and imagine what noise they make
3: when they walk. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's annoying. like like
4: putting putting your hand into
3: <laughs> putting your hand into a, a big pot of cold spaghetti.
1: That
4: I'm <laughs> just doing that. That's the noise I get. <laughs> so John's going to do, do the Foley work for the trailer. <laughs> I'll do the Foley work, for, no problem. <laughs> uh, but if we if we if we have a look at some of their more recent stuff, so yeah. I think uh, over the last couple of months to maybe half a year, one of the things they've been really doing is they kind of um, the Duchess of Vinci um, right. range, and this is really cool because like we've seen sort of Da Vinci esque stuff done before, but imagine if he'd been able to perfect his thing and sort of bring it to the foreign warfare. That's effectively what this army is it's kind of like automatons helicopters mechanical horses uh, everything like you could imagine in his wildest dreams he thought of has become a reality and is now used by the forces of italy example to sort of take over uh, the rest of Europe, uh, and there's a distinct Assassin's Creed vibe to some of it, which I think is really mm. awesome. Yeah, see some of those miniatures we saw previous, where they've got the little sort of like wrist blades that pop out and stuff, which is really cool. But then I love that a lot of the other stuff has got kind of got that that period influence
1: mm-hmm. and
4: that sort of that era of time. And then, cool. some, and then there's something a little bit extra added on top of it as well, like those big sort of clanky, almost odd horses. You can imagine the sort of shuffling on the cobblestones of some kind of Venetian town. Uh, yeah, just amazing stuff for me. that will kind of give you almost a very original looking army on the tabletop, I think. Sure,
0: um, I'm, I'm in love with them already.
4: They're gorgeous.
0: <laughs> I actually really want these. The little Da Vinci drones are particularly wacky, aren't they? It, yeah. was,
2: a, it was the tiny little crow that got me on the shoulder mm, of someone.
0: The little mechanical one.
2: Yeah. yeah. Detail, you know, little things.
0: And That's I amazing. love that you've got ice you, Yeah,
4: Because <laughs> obviously the, the helmets there are very reminiscent of the tanks mm. that he made as well. So you've got you know. that element built into the aesthetic, which I think is really, really cool. And I, th- I think, I wonder if we can find them. The, you know, yeah, Da Vinci's uh, helicopter? Yep. Uh, there's actually flying troops. They have on. his helicopter attached to the back, a little bit like jetpack troops, I guess you'd um. say. Which I think is amazing. Um, uh, it's just... software drones. Nice, spin yes. her up, let her go with buzzsaws. They're like they're like Beyblades. Beyblades. <laughs> oh my god, we're on the same wavelength. Yes,
2: <laughs> this is. Be- I've never seen anything like this.
4: No, it's it's truly unique. In yeah, ways. yeah. Because the thing that need this. The thing <laughs> that I really like about this is that obviously this works really nicely. Kind of added into like an age of fantasy. Setting that they of their own creation because they've probably got walls for these in their own games, but these would be perfect if you were trying to make a very unique looking sort of mortal realms army for Age of Sigmar as well, because obviously in that we've had the expansion of the free guild and how they exist within the world of Age of Sigmar, yeah, which is kind of using the old empire trees. Oh my god, look at those! Uh, they're amazing. But in, but imagine if like no no this is a city where everything is run by clockwork that was designed by an inventor there. That makes perfect sense within the mortal realms, and would give you a really good idea
3: to use it. Do you, do you know what it? It kind of would work with if you had like the the free girls and stuff in in Age of Sigmar, and they were working with like the Kikaridren overlords. Yeah, yeah. Like perfect. doing doing a tax swap or or something yeah. like that. That's yeah. that little squire guy next to the dude with the beard. <laughs> that that one. Oh, yeah. I know. Looking up, going, "What are you talking about, Willis?" I want. <laughs> I just want to call him Jeff and just have him
2: so be best friends.
3: Just, just, yeah.
2: <laughs> just, I've just noticed that on that one there, the image you just had up, Jerry, I mm-hmm. saw the guy with the beard on a horse and standing up. So I'm guessing mm-hmm. that you can customize them depending on what you print.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, th- I think it's, it's one of each. So if you've mounted or foot. Yeah. You can go with both.
1: Yeah. Yep,
0: yeah. I, uh, I think
3: I need to part with some money.
4: Well, well, this brings us on to an interesting point because John yeah. now owns a, a 3D printer. So I've just
3: Yeah, I have just bought one.
4: And oh my God.
2: Wow. Those ones are my fate. I love those, these.
3: Those are cool, but keep going. Those
0: are cool, but keep going. <laughs> it would make a really weird looking sci-fi <laughs> army as well. The claws would, on it? the
3: feet. That's oh, the stuff. stuff <laughs> Big metal machines for John.
4: It's the kind of football I enjoy. <laughs> I love the idea that when those are actually moving around without being in combat, maybe all the legs and the arms retract yeah. and they literally just ah, on the, roll on. Yeah. Where
0: are my cuts? Yeah, yes. that's <laughs>
4: true. <that's- laughs> <laughs> I, I get what you say about these being a sci-fi army as well, because yeah. imagine if you just painted the blades with kind of like a power arm, a power okay. weapon yeah. quality uh, to them or something.
0: I mean, there's nothing on it that looks so screamingly steampunk or fantasy. No. For any of the I mean, there's no reason why that couldn't be. It's got a Dishonored vibe to it. Yeah. I get yeah,
1: that. Yeah, yeah,
3: very much so. But, but, uh, like, but like Dishonored set back in the 13th, 14th century
1: yes yeah yeah
4: but uh yeah it's a, a stunning newish range that they've added into mm. the mix i think which is really cool yeah, yeah. um one of the things as well from uh, these guys is that and you can see some of them here actually is the ship designs and stuff they've been doing
1: mm.
4: um so that's as, very cool as well as grimdark future and age of fantasy they've also been working on it's, it's, do they call it ftl i can't read really, that yeah fast
0: faster than light yeah
4: so they've created a set of ship battle rules and that comes with kind of like uh, what they tend to do is they do like paper, print and play components. Yeah. So you don't have to have miniatures if you don't want to, but now they're obviously branching out and creating sort of actual 3D elements, to you to use in your games. So you can actually send these ships out to the tabletop based on the aesthetics that they've used as part of their artwork. So it'll all have this really nice feel and look to them that is very bespoke to their setting,
0: as it mm. were, I think it's really cool. Yeah. Uh, one of the things, I mean, obviously we're looking at the 3D printing stuff, the 2D stuff they do um, is a great way to get in to test games yes. and lists yeah. before you start building and printing and, and all mm. the rest. Uh, and they're available for free. Aye. No cash money required. You can pay. Uh, if you pay, you get the option to get, like I think, the PNG files so you can recolor them yourself and stuff. Nice. But you can just pick up the uh, the sort of single color, or two colored two D prints, and that's not just for the ships, but for they do a range of standees as well for fantasy and for uh, science fiction. So you yeah. can, you know, they do the whole range of things. These are obviously excellent for uh, a billion cents.
4: of course. Yeah, very much so.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Flying stands. They're a rare commodity these days. I can understand why they're making those printable. You don't have to make them
4: yourself anymore, Jerry. That's, uh, <laughs> get John
0: to print them for you. Ah,
4: the
2: uh, yeah, there you go.
0: <laughs>
3: Bring your own resin.
0: <laughs> if I off cuts of resin miniatures, can that be used? Can you melt that down? Not
2: <laughs> <The> gold, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> Nick,
4: it, Nick it from Justin in the studio. Ah, oh, uh, yeah. Siphon it um, out.
2: <laughs> very, very cool, though. Why well, nice, do printers
4: keep running out of resin? Ah. It's just Jerry by the side sucking out of the, yep. the drawer.
0: <laughs> don't, don't pay any attention to me.
1: <laughs> but, um, don't mind me. Yeah,
4: um, as you might have guessed from looking at their My Mini Factory page and basically everything that we've been talking about so far, they have a fairly robust selection uh, of offerings um, for you to dive in and play around with. Um, as is most of the case with a lot of these sort of like bigger patreons as well they've developed a fairly massive community behind it um, obviously because it's one page rules a lot of people will play be playing their games mm. but a lot of people have dived in and are now playing around with their their 3d printing stuff and so there's a lot of things in there to help you out if you're kind of new to the idea of 3d printing mm-hmm. uh, and want some sort of tips and tricks to dive into it and have fun with it as well yeah. um, so uh, whichever stage of the 3d printing mm. spectrum you're at uh, or whichever end, anyway, you'll be able to dive in and have some fun with this and and, and have a pop at it. Um, I will say that if you are um, not overly adverse to the idea of 3D printing, mm-hmm. they do actually also have um, physical versions of these miniatures as well. Um, so OnePayDraws has a shop over on uh, Etsy. Mm-hmm. Oh. So if you want to go and get the actual miniatures themselves without any hassle on your end. That's great. Uh, you can just make them do all the hassle. and uh, <laughs> it's the best way and get uh, created by them uh, as part of their range here. And they've got it all broken down so that you can dive in and have fun
0: with it. No. Seven pounds per giant ball robot droid thing. That's pretty cool. Is a very, very reasonable price. (laughs) Yes. I know somebody's probably going to go, ah, but it only costs 7.5p and then 3p electricity to do it yourself. (laughs) And I say to you, I'm not doing that. But you don't have time. It's the time even, thing. Even if I had the time, I'm still not doing it. No, Can't it's be pretty simple.
4: Because John's gonna mix this with his Battletech love. So he's going to be sitting there reading all the rules for Battletech. And that's true. You know, there's a lot of rules and there's a lot of law to read, and that's plenty of time to sit there and watch your 3D printer, John. So
3: there is yeah. The only problem is it, it, it's gonna to have to live in my bedroom and I need to make sure that whatever room, whatever part of my room it goes into is soundproofed because I will not like, sleep <laughs> with that thing
1: humming away all
0: night. Very true. <laughs> uh, How this, cute it is.
1: oh,
4: this is some of the yeah, this is some of the stuff they did. Uh, I think it was a couple of months ago where they kind of mashed, mashed together. Think General Grievous mm. and then think Necrons and mashed them together, and that's basically what they did with that. So it was very cool.
0: I know, I'm think, thinking both of those, yeah. yeah, and and dwarves that we don't oh, have to see. Oh,
4: I
2: love a golem.
0: See,
4: I purposely didn't even talk about the dwarves because I know what people are like. So. <laughs>
2: so. But, uh, yeah, we'll have
0: a look at really that, nice too before we go anywhere else. I mean, that is pretty cool.
2: That is pretty cool.
0: That's for I... the Sisters of Battle-esque range. Whoa! He <laughs> just got a bit wide like a all the his
1: How A a <laughs> <laughs> they call it.
0: <laughs> quite like <It's> with the <laughs> turbine in the middle, it's like Gypsy Danger. <laughs> yeah, <I> was <laughs> to say It's a bit like a Jaeger, really. Yeah. Yeah. It's better than the sort of
4: like weird space marine papoose that the uh, Grey Knights have.
0: So that's all yeah well, yeah that <laughs> is true. Anything it's, is better than that. <laughs> <laughs> mm, anyway, yeah. Whole rip and range in there and also uh, the Patreon itself. So mm. I suppose if you want to see what they're working on in the future and support them so they get more bits and pieces out, you can come here and uh, and chuck money at them for yeah. what's coming.
4: So when it comes to the the Patreon itself as Jerry was alluding to earlier, you don't just get access to the 3D printing things. You also get access to a lot of their stuff that's play testable, so you'll get access to early rules, you'll get access nice. to beta feedback forums and that kind of thing so you can help them with the development of games. Um, you'll get access to like early versions of 2D <sighs> stuff as well, so you'll be able to play around with stuff that other people just don't have access to at the moment. Oh my God, is that making you want it even more, John?
2: That's so cool..
0: <laughs> they, yeah,
1: told you. About that, sci-fi.
2: That's cool yeah that's amazing
0: it. all you yeah. do is not look at it and you're fine it can't hurt you yeah, face will melt off otherwise mm. yeah.
4: you're on. It's fine
0: Ooh. Yeah. oh are they in collaboration with somebody else is it mm-hmm. yeah Creator spotlight i don't know i don't know i All ah, right. all no, right no. anyway don't mind me i'm just going to keep scrolling yeah. <laughs> bees oh no not the bees B drones. That's how you deal with Nicholas Cage if he's hanging around your house. <laughs> launch the bee drones at him. Well, actually, launch Lo- his...
4: the bee drones at him and then
0: take his face off. <laughs> 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 that's <like Huh>? that's... <laughs> oh, that's, so that's not on their uh, mini factory yet. This is last month's stuff. Robot stuff. Look at, look at that. John, bring days, that in
1: the background. Yeah.
3: That's a, That's a, definitely another mechish kind of thing, Yeah. 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 Stop it.
2: Very, very good. Just, just stop. <laughs> no, you probably
3: don't, probably don't need to see any of that then. STL <laughs> files are cheap individually, but when you start to rack them up, A Jerry, bit. I bet.
0: Well, there you go. One page rules, uh, a whole host, more than one page of STL files and other various things. Well, yes. worth having a look at. And it's nice to see where they've got, like I said, we looked at it when they just launched and I think the, all they had was the undead and... And some and of the, the, uh, some the of the lives, yeah, 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 they've expanded on that considerably <laughs> since so the last time we were here. So, very, very cool. Did you win one of our prizes? Find
4: out on our prize claim center over at ontabletop.com. Here we list all our previous prizes and those who have won. If you see your username, fill out the form to claim your prize. All prizes must be claimed within 30 days.
0: Shall we have a look at some Kickstarters? Yes, we shall, Jerry. I think you should leave this one as well, because it's very much up your alley. It is right oh, up my strassa. Is it? Or, or Roman Road, depending on your point of view. Or um, over, o- over your dike, perhaps. Mm, <laughs> so. All of these things and more. It is the Welsh uh, from Futsor for the Baron's Wars. Uh, so very short campaign. I think they only launched it with like 10 days or something like that. Not even two weeks. That's how confident they are that this was going to fund. Um, And Matt Beckley has been sculpting a whole host of stuff for their Baron's War period. Um, Welsh, technically. Technically Welsh, I say. Because (laughs) there are some bits and pieces in here that would equally work for... um, Hebrideans. So, if you you want to play your sort of Scottish rebellions and, and things like that, you could also do that uh, quite happily. I mean, <clears throat> these spearmen with either no trousers or shoes on or very short ones. <laughs> have
2: they got four toes?
0: Uh, no, I imagine they have all the toes that are <laughs> of them. <laughs> But they would work very well for Irishmen, uh, so if you want to run some Isman, or if you want to run Gallaglass and Cairns uh, for Irish, you could do that with those spearmen as well. Just make sure mm. you're using javelins instead. Um, so it's a sensational set of miniatures that they put together, sort of blurring the line between the uh, the Dark Ages and the uh, sort of high medieval period. Um, so. They've already funded, and as they've been going through, they've been unlocking more and more. They must be hitting close to the end of what they were expecting. I can't imagine there's a huge amount more of things to be unlocked, but uh, they've also included some interesting bits and pieces like the pick-your-own-pledge pack. So you're not as restricted. um, Like You sometimes will get pledges where you're going, I don't really need X, Y, or Z. Look, bagpiper. (laughs) Oh. <laughs> so, telling you, not just... That's that's probably due to the Strathclyde Welsh, who owned a large part of Scotland at one point I, as well. So. One of the things that I particularly
4: liked about some of the stuff that they'd added in more recently is things like the Christian priest and there's also mm. like a pagan priest. And I love oh. the idea that they were they could be included within one army mm. and that you have the... <laughs> You had the shouting match between the two of them while one of them's talking in Old Welsh <laughs> just yelling out <laughs> druidic prayers while the other one was like no, God is right <laughs> at the same time.
0: Half of the army kneeling down exactly. to take the benediction at the start and then yeah. the pagan Welsh priest comes up behind with a chicken's head yeah. and starts sprinkling <laughs> the Christian priest. Yeah. This is what you think. It's very harsh, I feel. Very harsh. But yeah, it's a magnificent set of, of models for obviously it's going to go into the baron's war and, and expand what they've already mm-hmm. done there but like i say there's so many pieces that would equally well work for the crusades or for um the uh well i was gonna say the, the war of the three kingdoms actually so you've got uh, ireland scotland and england all kicking off amongst themselves uh because i mean that bagpiper i've just realized has lost a shoe the poor devil oh, <laughs> so bless one on. um but yeah, It you, seems, just seems to be a trend really with the nice. Welsh to not,
4: to not have shoes on. <laughs>
0: oh, it has got, got one on. He was only half Welsh. I don't, I don't well, know what I'm they're Welsh saying about the my mother's side. I don't know what they're saying about the
4: Welsh in general, but
0: we don't need shoes. <laughs> There'll be so many complaints from both of our Welsh viewers. Yeah. All two of them. All two of them. Yeah. Um, th- this was my... Particular favorite. So this is your medieval Navy Seal with his own cargo on his back, so you can launch an amphibious mission. You know, it's a good way of doing it. There's bound to be rivers, and sometimes you might want to send people around the flight to start stabbing people in the backside.
4: You could also sit sit him in there with a spear and then put him put him underneath a bridge, ready to stab a Viking in the That is
0: true. Nod stabbing on the Vikings. So more spearmen coming. So there is a bit more. Like I say, they're, they've unlocked a lot already. Um, yeah, there's a lot more to come, but with only seven days left, by God, that's comprehensive already.
1: Mm. From your, your light
0: troops to your cavalry to uh, a whole host of infantry. Um, yeah. Just, I mean, screaming out there. Helmet wise, they're not so different that they would look out of place with Anglo Saxons either, uh, especially mm. if you want some. Different DNAx warriors in there. Yeah. I, I really feel like the end may need to lose his head in favor of something better, but you know.
4: I really like the the archers in particular. I'm yeah. I'm always won over by archers. I think it's such an amazing craft to mm. be able to shoot a bow well. And so when you see soldiers and miniatures and stuff in different poses, shooting bows and things, I think it's fantastic stuff. And obviously the Welsh have got that kind of mythology with the long bow and that kind of thing as well. So that's all that to sort of like look into. And there's just one of the things you mentioned earlier as well is the, the idea of the, the posing with a lot of these mm. is that it's not a it, it's very much posed as if these are going to be used in a skirmishing army rather than yeah. being a mass battle force. Yeah. But then imagine if you did have them as a mass battle force and you had those javelin skirmishes <laughs> at the yeah. front there, all you know hurling their javelins, and then you had the ones behind you a little bit more reserved as well. I think it's
2: yeah. yeah,
0: it reminds me so much of uh, Shepherd Payne one of the great diorama builders had this lovely pencil illustration of of how you make your miniatures look more dynamic and they showed a german throwing a potato masher and it was like seven stages and they go in the very middle one where it's sort of like standing straight and with the arm straight was the dullest whereas having the overextended pose at either end either leaning way back getting ready or way forward as you've just, just launched really, the yeah. grenade yeah. and that just looks it almost looks like a dark age version of that <laughs> little does, yeah. illustration going yeah. from leaning back to hurling it forward.
1: I think,
2: um, I think it'd make your tabletop a lot more interesting as well with the different mm, levels. Yeah. Mm. It's not just going to be, everybody is all the one same height and before yeah. you're sending them out.
0: There's me leaping over a rock. Uh, I do my yeah. back in Classic I
2: mean. Jerry. Yeah.
0: That's, how, that's how you did it. <laughs> that is how I did it. That is true. Jerry was Jerry, posing for the Welsh <laughs> ring. Yeah. Kept me in that position for days on end. I yeah. Was, yeah, it's
1: just
4: making it back end of it. Yeah. I want to say, because obviously this has been um, kind of semi-themed for the, the Baron's War, and obviously you could mm-hmm. use these in the Saga, for example, um, I, like, I would assume that when this is going to come to retail, I would imagine we're going to see kind of like a little uh, sort of scenario booklet or something like that mm-hmm. that'll look at you playing out a clash between the Welsh and the English, perhaps, on the borders. I think that could be very, very cool. So uh, so yeah, watch yeah, out no, for that in the future. No doubt from I, wars, I imagine so, it will yeah. definitely
0: be coming. I know they're currently play testing the army builder. I say play testing, stress testing, I suppose, the army builder <laughs> for uh the Barnes War. Um for people who are incapable of using pen and paper and need to have <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, the Welsh looking particularly nice. Yeah. yeah. So if you are interested, you've got six days left on that. And Extremely well funded already. I just want to have a quick click at this because you can see some of them up close. And so many cherries! Oh.
2: yeah. There is a lot of jerry.
0: It's there it's, he is. it's my hair throughout the nineties <laughs> when I went for unusual times. Shall I shave it this week? We go, have a goatee. But yeah, stunning range of figures from Matt very cool. as well, and uh, definitely worth a viewing for anybody who's interested in that time period. Mm-hmm. What are we going to round out the show with, Oben?
4: Uh, so we're going to be rounding things out with something a little bit more sort of whimsical and fantastical, uh, although the Welsh are whimsical and fantastical in their own way. Uh, but this is from uh, the talented Alex Huntley and his crew over at Warplock who have come together with a set of comic book designers to create a really fantastic sort of like side project to Arkworld. Cool. So Tales from the Journal
1: mm-hmm.
4: is going to follow... The Adventures of the Explorer, who you can see there down at the bottom of that image, uh, looking hapless and afraid alongside his enchanted book. Uh, So one of the fun things about Explorer is that he has popped up in many of the Kickstarters over the years for Ark World. And his whole dealio is that he's traveling around the Ark World, trying to document all of its fascinating peoples and monsters and all kinds of things like that. Uh, When you are adventuring around the world... You sometimes run into trouble, and so that's where his companions have come and come from, and that's who you see here. And so, uh, alongside the comic book creators in this thirty-page uh, first sort of issue, I guess, of uh, the comic, um, we're going to be seeing the explorer heading out on a new mission, uh, sort of uh, to find out the secrets of the Midark Forest alongside his friends, uh, and obviously, as this is from uh, Warplock, there's going to be some miniatures alongside it as well. Um, exactly. So you're going to get the the comic book and then you're going to have the miniatures themselves that you, that you can tell the story uh, of the comic on the tabletop at the same time, if you wished, which I think is really cool. Mm. Um, so you've got a nice little mix of different pieces in here. So, I mean, that adorable little... Um, I know. <laughs> Owl-cat
2: hybrid thing. Owl-cat-griff
4: yep. thing, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> So you've got the likes of the Explorer there. You've got some halflings there, which I think are really fun. I love that one of them's got like a little claw arm uh, Mm. for like catching things. Obviously lost in a battle in a bar perhaps or something like that. You've got your more Nordic shield maiden type in there too. And you've got one of their sort of like uh, darker wood elves as well at the same time. Who I love has also got kind of like that sort of wooden, uh, almost sort of um, dryad style leg on her as well which i think is fantastic mm-hmm. you've got her hawks in the background too um the each of these miniatures is going to be available uh, either in metal in resin or john you can 3d print them as stl <laughs> files if you wish uh, so you can have fun with those and, and, and dive in and have a little bit of a, a play around with them too which i think is really fun i think it's really nice to see um the world of arc world mm-hmm. being expanded in this way because one of the things that We've talked about previously when we mentioned dark world is that it's very much a narrative game that's told almost as a cooperative story between you and your opponent um the rules are uh, very easy to get into and grab a hold of but then a lot of the sort of nuance of special rules and ability and that kind of thing is basically decided between you and your opponent and so it's really nice to see a narrative game expanding in such a way to include this comic book series as well. Mm. And hopefully, uh, well, I mean, the Kickstarter is doing very well indeed, but hopefully this will mean that we're going to get more and more issues of this. It will sort of take us on a story throughout the art worlds to find out more about it and the peoples that live there, uh, because I think that would be very fun indeed. Uh, But yeah. And uh, yeah, as you can see there, alongside the comic book and the character set, you can also get a starter set that you can snap up as well, in metal or resin, to get you going in the game, which Mm. is a very fun one indeed.
0: So, yeah. so next thing up then is gremlins, all wearing tiki masks, come uh... screaming out of the trees at you. Yeah. Uh, so those people who
4: will have um, paid attention to their last Kickstarter campaign will know that they kind of looked at bringing the Bay Orcs back and uh, mm-hmm. sort of like redesigning them and retheming them and that kind of thing. Uh, and alongside those are going to be those gremlins too. So this will be, if they get to that goal, uh, a fun chance for you to sort of play around with some gremlins before they become available to the masses, which I think is really nice, yeah. especially if you're a bail player yourself. Mm.
1: Mm-hmm. So this is
2: <clears throat> this is only a short campaign, wasn't it?
4: Yeah. Another short one. So obviously the, the, the Welsh one was like 10 days or whatever. This one was similar length. Uh, went live on Tuesday this week. So uh, mm-hmm. not too long ago. It will be over within a couple more days, really. So, uh, but yeah, um, it's, it's got a very, it had a relatively uh, low buy-in, obviously, because yeah. you're just trying to get the comic book either digitally or physically and mm-hmm. then set in miniatures as well. You can obviously put in a little bit extra if you want to get the start set, uh, but it's fully funded, which is always nice to see um so yeah 12 well 11 days when you see 11
0: days yeah to uh, check it out yourself it's a lovely little set of miniatures as well for people just fancy giving it a paint um you you don't even need to get involved in the game you can just go for these quite whimsical
2: nice yeah
0: the main character
3: looks like how i would be if i was dropped into a fantasy world just (laughs) really (laughs) unsure (laughs) of what's happening around him
2: and then a tank comes and you're fine <laughs> no there
3: won't be a tank that's why i'd be confused <laughs> where is the clank clank
0: <laughs> there you go the
2: uh oh there's a rule book available that's there great is
0: a, uh, there is a rule book Four available three. if you're interested in seeing how Arcworld plays if you've not come across it before uh you don't need to throw money at the screen without having seen what you're actually getting involved with. Mm. You can get in there, have a look and uh, start working out how your adventures will go. There's a previous iteration of the Explorer running for his life. <laughs>
4: also, I believe there's also one over on their web store where he's bundled up in um, sort of like winter garb where he headed up into the North to go and find out what was happening with mm. uh, the Njords and stuff. So very cool stuff. There
1: yeah. cool.
0: Lovely, lovely looking little Kickstarter. that was much harder than i thought it was going to be despite being in english (laughs) who knew when i started that service where it was going to end i apparently didn't
1: (laughs) so that wraps
0: us up for this week uh been a terrific set of tiny fighting men and others in there if you're interested in any of them you should definitely go and check them out especially those kickstarters time is short so you need to get in quickly if you want to grab them at a bargain price. That's us for this week. So we're going to move on, get ready for the Sunday show uh, where we'll be looking through our hobby and yours uh, on our XLBS. If you are not part of the Cult of Games, you should come over to On Tabletop and sign up. You can get a 30-day trial and see the sort of madness we get up to. And also take a look at some things like early access uh, for John's painting tutorials or me punching things out of plastic generally when I get bored. Uh, And amongst (laughs) other bits and pieces, you can... Have at that and have a look around. Don't forget to be a subscriber to the channel. As we hit 100,000, somebody will pick up a copy Almost. of Kill Team Octarius for all the Nork and Krieger fun there. But until next Friday,
1: bye bye. Go ahead and check out our other content on screen now. And while you're at it, why not hit subscribe and remember to ding our dong? Go on, you know you want to click it. Go on.